right, Nori? Whenever you're ready. Um, Mac, I'm afraid that YouTube's going to turn on and it's going to have the volume on. So I'm just going to close all that out until we get started. Okay. All right. All right, we are live now. Welcome, everybody, to the Conscious Awakening Network. I am your co-host, Nori Love, standing in for Sheila tonight. And my co-host tonight is my co-host over at Broadcast Team Alpha, Agi Nast. It's so good to see everybody. And I know Sheila is here with us in spirit. And we have a really interesting guest for you tonight that I think you're going to probably have some questions at the end. So feel free as usual to, we're going to do a little Q&A. And Augie, please tell us about Kevin. Yes, this is going to be good. We're going to have some fun tonight and we're going to learn. We're going to learn, especially with the deeper thinkers out there. And the ones that want to enrich their life in a little different way than what we normally do every day when we get up and have breakfast and go through the day and then go to sleep again later. We have Kevin Roth with us. And uh, for those of you that like to surf the internet uh, while you listen, I want to give you his website. And please go there and check it out. You're going to find some really interesting stuff. His website is kevinroth.org. And as you can see here, you right on the screen here, you can see how he spells his name. So that should be simple. He teaches people around the globe how to get unstuck, create a life with love, feel less stress, achieve better health, and have more fun in life. Who wouldn't want that? Kevin is also a renowned dulcimer artist, a singer, a songwriter, and an author. And he has recorded 65 albums. I'm going to say that again. 65 albums. And everybody knows there's more than one song on an album. This is an enormous amount of song that he has done in just a few years. That is, that's really an accomplishment. And he also has a new book out uh, and an album, and the, that is called Between the Notes. And uh, you can go to his website and you can uh, find that one. So uh, for the deeper thinkers out there, I want to introduce Kevin Roth. Welcome to the show. Welcome, well, thanks. Kevin. Thanks for having me. Welcome. So you have a very interesting background um, that brought you to this point in time. Where would you like to start? What would you like people initially to know about you to get to know you as we get into the conversation? Well, I started out um, as a, a musician playing the dulcimer at 13 and uh, got a recording career going and then got into children's music and uh, was seeking fame and fortune, thinking mm -hmm. it would bring happiness. And I sang the theme to the hit PBS TV show, Shining Time Station, and uh, moved to California and became rich and famous and not happy. And then in 2015, 
I got melanoma, which was the kind that was not treatable. And they thought that I would be dead within two years. So I had different plans and a different idea and I recreated my life. Um, I got very deep spiritually and we can talk about that later. And I sort of, what they call, I guess, manifested where I'm at today. And then at someone's suggestion became what they call a life coach. I call it more of a teacher. And uh, here we are here in San Diego where I wasn't born here. I was born in Philadelphia, but here I am in San Diego. Beautiful. Helping people around the world. Amazing. What, what led you to life coaching? How did, how did that come about? Someone asked me what I was going to do next. Uh, uh -huh. And I thought, well, I would write an album. And they said, you should teach people what you did. You've got enough record albums to teach people what you did to reinvent your life. Because there's a lot of people in pain and a lot of people that don't know how to get there. And in my past, I'd been a, um, a self-help book kind of junkie. Yeah. And, you know, these things last for a couple of weeks or a month or two, and then everything falls apart. Mm -hmm. So when you get a death sentence like melanoma, you need to get very clear on what you want to do. And you have to be very consistent about it. And then it happens. So, uh, you know, I don't <laughs> cancer free and everything now. So that, I said, OK, sounds good. But then they suggested that I continue to play the dulcimer. So I created a dulcimer meditation. Nice. Uh, I, I have an album out called Dulcy Meditation. So the music continues. I love that. Mm -hmm. So when you initially were told that you've got melanoma and, you know, they pretended they tried to stamp a, a exit date on your foot, but you said no. Um, did you immediately know that you were going to make a change or were you devastated, you know, like many of us might be? Did What was that like for you before you, you know, realized that you were going to recreate your whole life? Well, interestingly enough, and I write about this in, in the book Between the Notes, I had a premonition that I would have a major illness, but that wow. it would be okay. Wow. Um, so when I, when they discovered the melanoma on a routine dermatology appointment, I mean, I didn't think anything of it. Um, I was shocked to find out that that it was stage three wow. and that um, this was the situation. So, uh, you know, the first thing that happens, is you feel totally out of control with your body. I can imagine. Being a very kind of spiritual person <clears throat> in the past, I did um, my own spiritual version is I, I went because I, I received a phone call from the doctor in a coffee shop in Kansas. And I drove home and I, I walked through my apartment with my dog. And oh. I said out loud, don't worry, buddy, we'll get through this. And oh. that was the first time I recognized that I had my own best friend in me. Yes. Yeah. And then the next thing I did is I cursed God out, gave him a good one too. And uh, told him I had enough of this crap and I wasn't taking it anymore. And uh, I'd kill myself if he didn't kill me. You know, I, I was done. I was finished with God. I wow. was done with the whole spiritual thing. Mm -hmm. I said, all of this is bullshit. Me of all people, you know, thinking that I was better than ever. How do I get cancer? I work out, yada, yada, yada. Well, all of that is just ego, you know. Right. After I exploded, everything turned around. Everything got really good. 
Um, well, it didn't get good. <laughs> it took a long time. But I randomly um, one day found um, Yogananda, mm. which led me to uh, the teachings of Ramana Maharshi and mm. my personal teacher who passed away uh, a year ago, Robert Wolf. So I learned about non-duality and then a higher form of non-duality in a sense called a jata. So the spiritual journey was uh, very intense, very interesting. And that's why I wrote the book about it. Uh, and just decided what, you know, fame and fortune didn't bring me happiness. And I had run out of almost all the money I'd had at that point uh, from bad investments in life in general. And the music business had changed and all this stuff. So I thought, well, you know, if you only have two years to live, if the doctors are right, where would you go and what would you do? And I said, well, yeah. the only things that are important to me are my dog and my music. And I don't want to live in Kansas. I'm going to die somewhere. I must well die in sunny Southern California, like San Diego, drinking margaritas and watching surfers. <laughs> so I said to myself, I need to find an apartment for a thousand dollars which if you live wow. here you can't even rent a room for a thousand dollars right but i found one i'm i'm in one now it's wow. a one bedroom. nice manifestation and, yeah and i said i'm just gonna go and be a my, the bohemian and it'll all just work itself out and then when i realized that the cancer wasn't coming back i so loved this new life i had created mm -hmm. that i just kept doing it and it's very simple it's very practical uh, my my coaching clients call me very practical and very funny. Mm -hmm. you know? So I, I teach spirituality from a very almost comedic viewpoint. That's fun. You know, I, I was telling you guys before we went on the air, and I'll, I'll share this with your audience, that there's a puppet that I recently created. I've got to find a picture of him for you named Guru uh, Dulce Baba. This Love is it. what he looks like. Oh, uh, okay. <laughs> That's fun. Yeah. So, so what happens? What happens with him? Is he allowed to say things that we're not yeah. allowed to say? No, he gives uh, very funny advice, very practical uh, advice on. Different oh, okay. Um, and uh, with a very comedic standpoint. Yeah. You know, one of the videos that will be coming up, I'll just give you a little hint: is when I tell, ask him as a disciple of this puppet. What does be still and know that I am God mean? And that I've gone on mountaintops and I've done all this stuff and I've meditated and I've done retreats and yada yada. And oh dear, tell me what it means. And he says, well, I don't have him here, but it's like, he says, it means shut up. <laughs> that's it. Just shut up. Be still. Shut up. You know? Yeah. And so that's how I teach. It's be still. It's just be quiet. Just be, you don't, you know, you're not going to just relax. It's okay. It's all fun. You do keep it simple. I keep it very simple because it is simple. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. In uh, in dealing with the uh, the death sentence that you were handed, do you feel like uh, you conquered that mostly by the power of the mind, or was it nutrition? In did you anything you can say mm -hmm. about that? Yeah, well, cancer is brought on by inflammation and stress. And I had a lot of stress and I had a lot of inflammation. So physically, I would say it from that viewpoint. But I think it came into my life as a spiritual kick in the ass mm -hmm. to wake me up to the fact that money was not going to do it. 
and that I had to realize where God or consciousness was and who I was and not fear death and not fear life and just chill out, you know, just relax. When you're put, when, when you're told that you have a death sentence, everything changes. No kidding. Even, you know, I used to kind of not snicker, but I would, when people would say, oh, when I got cancer, it changed my life. Or, oh, when I had a stroke or people say when I was raped and, you know, I keep thinking, well, they're making lemonade out of lemon, but it's the God's honest truth. When you go through a very traumatic event like that, you cannot help but change. Yes. And it's, if you play it, your cards right, you change for the better. I would right. never be this happy without it, having had the cancer. Yes. Yes. So, um, oh, it just flew out of my head, Kevin. I must, I must <laughs> have meant to ask you it, something else. <laughs> it flew out of your head and maybe it ended up in mine. I, uh, yeah. <laughs> I, I'm thinking that uh, that incident when the death sentence, that was probably what caused in a big way to change your life. You talk in on your website, you talk about creating a new life. And what would you say is the first step that someone should think on if they're not happy where they are, they're miserable, they want something different? What is the first step for them to maybe turn around and create a new timeline going in a different direction? What should they do? When I interview clients, when they fill out a form on my website and, and I give a free um, uh, interview session. So the first session is sort of a get to know to see if we want to work together. The very first question I ask them is, what don't you want in your life anymore? Not what do you want? What don't you want? What do yes. you want to get rid of? Because most people aren't clear about that. And then I ask, okay, what do you want? And they're usually not clear about that. Because yeah. people get very stuck. You know, they've got, um, they've created this kind of a life that's in on some levels works for them and on a lot of levels doesn't. And the problem with all of this, you know, is the mind. Yeah. No right. mind, no problem, right? That's what Buddha sure. said. And Wayne Dyer uh, always said, when you change the way you look at things, the things you look at change. Exactly. So yeah. I could have said, oh my God, I'm going to die. I better prepare for my funeral. And instead I said, F this. I'm leaving Kansas. And I'm going to Southern California and hanging out oh, with the service. Wow. So, but you have to decide. And you. so the first thing that I talk about in my book is mm -hmm. what matters to you? Second thing is, why does it matter to you? So you know why it really matters. And the third thing is, what are you going to do about it? That's right. That's right. When, uh, what was it like all of those years that you were building your wealth, you know, and you were building the prestige that I feel like you alluded to that you were looking for, and mm -hmm. then suddenly you realized this isn't doing it for me. This isn't what, it doesn't feel the way I thought it was going to feel. What was that day like? I remember it exactly. I even know where it was. I opened my uh, stock portfolio thing that came in the mail and I called my uh, um, investment advisor at the time. And I said, this says I have over a million dollars. And he says, yeah, you do. And I remember looking at all the zeros and thinking, you've got to be kidding me because I don't, I, I still feel like I'm broke. 
I still feel like I, I don't have enough. I still feel confused about life, you know, because we get into a mode of more, more, more right. to fill in the hole in our soul. So it didn't matter how much money I had. I'm laughing because it's so silly now when I think back, but it's all about filling the hole in your soul. And when you realize that you can really close up that hole in your soul pretty quick, mm -hmm. then those things don't really matter as much. But you also must be practical. You you need it. You need money, but you also don't need to live in an expensive place. You don't need to drive an expensive car. Less is more because it gives you room to uh, investigate and be whatever you want. But when you have a lot of things and stuff and people, um, it, it bogs you down. Yeah. So one of the things I teach and one of the things with the, the puppet, um, you know, Guru Dulce Baba is something called don't step in it. <laughs> so what is that? that means like I had a client once and she said, you know, I can't, well, this person's coming over. They drive me nuts. They've always driven me nuts, you know, but yada, yada. And I said, well, why are you seeing them? And they said, well, I feel, you know, people pleasing. And I said, well, don't step in it. If you see mm. crap in the middle of the street, do you step in that? This person is giving you nothing but aggravation and stress because that's who this person is. But you don't have to step in it. So don't mm. answer the phone when she calls. You know, just text her and say, I've got things to do. And it's she said, I couldn't do that. I said, well, I'm telling you, as your coach, you're going to do it. So do it and see what happens. If it doesn't work, go back to the old way. Right. Oh, man, she was just, <laughs> she hit Nirvana. She said, oh, my God, it was great. I didn't answer her for like a day and you know, everything was fine. So it's one of the things about don't step in it. It's very practical. That's yeah. a good tool. It's a good tool. And it's so mm -hmm. interesting to me that many of us didn't learn that earlier in life, you know, that many of us are being called to do the work, you know, and to do it kind of in a hurry because everything's so accelerated um, and to, expand your consciousness but like the best way to do it is keeping it simple right yeah. having no mind try to go to no mind because it's it's that thing in there that's always you know do this do that your laundry list here grocery list right that, stop you know it's it's too much yeah. how do you well, help you people realize you've got, you've got to think about who's ultimately in charge yeah and if you believe in a higher power or God or consciousness or something like that, you just have to, from a spiritual standpoint, or you can look at it from a scientific quantum physics standpoint, um, we're not in charge. We're spinning on a rock in the middle of infinity at what, 600 miles an hour around the moon or something. So, you know, what's the reality here? So when you say to them, oh my God, I've got to get to the grocery store before they close and you get yourself all worked up, when I work with clients, I train them to ask themselves, so you don't get the bread tonight, you get it tomorrow, and will you die between now? What's going to happen there with the bread, you know? And they say, okay, I can chill out. So the mind doesn't go away, even though it doesn't exist, but it, it doesn't go away, but it does calm down when you learn to say something as simple as, who am I? which is a question Ramana Maharshi teaches. Who am I? And when you turn the mind and the ego inward, all of that stops. It goes away. 
And then you acquire a taste for simplicity. That's that's so nice, right? When it becomes your lifestyle. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So how important is your environment? I know you keep it simple. And I've, I've got a one-in, one-out rule now. But if, if I buy a new shirt, an old one has to go out because yeah, I don't right. want to accumulate stuff. Right. What's the importance of having a clear environment? Well, the place I live in only has one closet. I mean, it has these kind of closets, but so I don't have a lot of clothes. And in San Diego, you don't need a lot of clothes. Right. Yeah. <laughs> um, and I have a dog and it's just me and my dulcimers. And um, I don't buy a lot of things because I, I don't like a lot of things. I, I would rather spend money on a good cup of coffee and a mm. something to eat or mm-hmm. um, a record album or something, you know, but I don't. I'm, I don't live in excess because I don't feel a need for it. There's yeah. nothing. I don't even buy books wow. because I don't want them stacked around the place. I just kind of like being a minimalist. It's minimalist. easy to clean. I don't have to carry things. I know where everything is because there's nothing here. So I know where everything is. That's <laughs> you know, good. Pretty much, yeah. Yeah, although I do often have the the thing about walking around with my phone looking for it. I do do Uh, that from time to time. Yeah, (laughs) Yeah. I think we all do. Yeah. Yeah. How did you begin playing the dulcimer? I saw one at a meditation party when I was 13 and just knew when I saw it. I fell in love and I just knew it was my path and uh, decided I wanted to be a recording folk star. And I got signed to Folkway Records uh, two years later. And my first album came out when I was 16. Wow. Yeah. So all of those records are in the Smithsonian. So I started my career very, very, very young. Wow. That's impressive. Wow. I, so I have, I, I have to go ahead, Augie, you go. Oh, yeah. I, I know there's a lot of people that's just kind of growing into the spiritual community and get more and more spiritual knowledge. Now they talk about, what is my life purpose? How do I find it? And I know on your website, I saw you are actually coaching people on how to find their life purpose. Could you talk about that a little bit? Because most, I don't know, this is my opinion, most people really don't find it. Well, it starts with, I think, questioning what do you really, really love? What could you have? Forget whether you can afford it or not, because there's lots of ways of doing it, whatever it is, you know. Um, So that would be the first step as to what my life purpose is. And the second thing, which is even more important, is to discover who you are. Are you this How do you do that? (laughs) Yeah, are you this body form? Because, you know, this only lasts so long. And uh, if you're more than this body form, then maybe the best thing to do is to gently and nicely and kindly investigate yourself and say, who am I? And go to wherever you need to go, whether it's uh, Ramana Maharshi or Yogananda, you know, all the same paths leads to the same mountain, or a coach like me, you know, and find out but don't get stuck because i don't teach 
happiness because that comes and goes. You know, I just don't teach that. I teach how to not be overly excited, happy, and not be low, but kind of like ride the, ride the waves yeah. and how to do that with tools, which I teach. I have it in my book and on my online course. And those tools help you find the purpose in your life because it gets you out of your head. You can walk, you can exercise, you can journal, you can uh, make yourself a beautiful bathtub with candlelight. I do that a lot. Um, you can be silent. Uh, and everything is about shutting the mind down a little bit and listening to your inner voice because it's always there. But you just have to be quiet enough, which is why I created the puppet, mm -hmm. you know. Well, you know, one of the, the reasons I created this puppet is because I'm going to be really kind of, uh, my YouTube channel is getting larger. And I was going to do a lot of coaching on it. And there's so many human coaches out there giving advice. And I thought, who needs another human coach to give advice? You know, <laughs> I, I mean, how many of these guys and women can I watch? So I thought, well, how many puppets are giving spiritual advice? You know, not too many. And it has a fun kind of thing about it. So that's when, when I think about my purpose in life, one of them was to teach people what I learned. But my gut told me, don't go on YouTube like another life coach expert. You know, nobody cares about that. If you can make them laugh, because life is hard. If you can make them That's laugh true. and you can yes. give simple advice, people are going to love that puppet. I don't even know that I'll be in the show. I'll just be kind of working. <laughs> you see, Cindy, I think she's going like that. Yeah, nobody wants to see me. Um, and, and, I, and I realized to myself, you know, it's so simple and it's so light. And everybody is sort of a guru in a business suit. And yeah. it, it's just very simple. But fear gets in the way. What is my purpose? I need to know my purpose. You'll find out if you just shh, calm down, give it time, it'll come and then it'll change and it'll come and it'll change. It's how you get through it. That's the big thing about finding your life purpose. You must love yourself. I was never kind to myself before cancer, ever, ever. Really? I, if I had a million, I needed two million. If I had a hundred records, I needed 200 records. If I didn't, if I was on a hit show, why aren't I another? It was, I, I can't so you believe just that. Pushed. You yeah, just pushed. Yeah, it was just like, and then I just thought, well, I, I can't do that anymore. That made me sick. I really believe that's why I got cancer. So I became, as you can see, because I'm chuckling a lot on your show, I just take everything very lightly, but yeah. practically, because I have studied spirituality for a long time. And the conclusion I've come to about things like life purpose and finding spiritual directions and things like that is if you want to sit on a mountaintop and you know go home uh, bring a cushy pad you don't have to suffer yeah you don't need to suffer you don't need to suffer yeah, yeah. so um cindy in the chat room uh asks what does a dulcimer look like oh we just happen to have one so this is the mountain dulcimer I sell these on my website for meditation purposes. It's made of wood and this one has four strings and it it's tuned a certain way. I, it's played on my lap, so I can't play it for you here because I don't have the a camera angle. But if I were to play it a little bit... Yeah, so it's very relaxing. 
Very pretty. It's very easy to learn. Is it really? Thank you. Yeah, and I, and I teach it. I teach it over Zoom. Mm -hmm. oh, I teach cool. dulcy meditation, yeah. I love that sound. Thank yeah. you. Mm -hmm. So you alluded to it in the beginning and just a, a, a couple of minutes ago. So I have to ask, what was your spiritual journey like? You know, you said it was intense. Hmm. How what what did that look like for you? The the path. Well, I knew, and again, I write about this all in my book, um, which is one of the reasons I wrote the book is not just cathartic, but to get all this stuff done. My mother, before I was born, had her tubes tied, and then I was born. Wow. So I was meant to be here, and I knew <laughs> from a very early age that this wasn't real. There was something going on. I felt like I was dumped into a summer camp I didn't ask to go to. <laughs> so, and then I had visions of how my life would end up, and it, it's pretty much ended up that way from as a child. The lady who introduced me to the dulcimer um, who I kind of fell in love with uh, as a friend. She's been a friend of mine for 52 years now. Um, Anne, uh, she was going to a teacher in Philadelphia, a Sufi teacher named Guru Bawa. So I kind of did Guru Bawa stuff, uh, which is Sufism, for a good many years. And I liked it, but I didn't connect to it, connect to it. Um, and then... Uh, I, you know, I would read self-help books and listen to this and that. And mm -hmm. one day when I, after my surgery with melanoma, I was on Netflix and I saw a movie on Yogananda and my gut said, look for one of his churches. Yeah. And I thought, well, there's not going to be one in Kansas. So I just got on the internet and I searched and I found out <laughs> that I could walk to one of his churches. That It was right across the street from my apartment building. Wow, you're a, kind of, uh, a powerful manifester. Well, I guess. And but I, and I like Yogananda a lot, but I like the idea of non-duality and self-realization. And then I found uh, Ramana Maharshi. And as soon as I read his work and Robert Wolf's work, who was based a lot on his work, it was like seeing the dulcimer. I absolutely knew that his teachings were absolutely real, correct, in my path. Wow. And then I went to meet Robert, and um, I had learned non-duality from him. He lived here in California. But non-duality didn't really work that well for me. I, you know, I went to one of his meetings, and I asked all the people who were at the meeting, I said, okay, I get that non-duality is everything is God, one thing, but what do you do with it? And mm. no one can answer me. Good question. Yeah. So on the way home, dropping Robert off, he asked me to come in and to listen to something he was going to tell me. And he introduced me to a concept called a jada, which basically means that nothing has ever been created, nothing has ever come into existence, yada, yada, yada. And it is what Ramana Maharshi calls the ultimate truth, but it's very out there. It's very, now I do teach it because I teach Robert's work. But that took care of the question of non-duality and took the it answered all the questions for me. So I um and I did a couple interviews with Michael James, who's a very well-known, respected uh dis a disciple sort of of Ramana Maharshi on YouTube on a jada. So I'd never yeah, heard of that's my journey. And then I just began to teach I knew somewhere down the line that I'd become, I guess, a, a spiritual teacher. But um, I don't take myself so seriously because um, why? 
You know, I'm, I, you know, when people ask me, well, are you enlightened? I say, God, I hope not, because if, you know, <laughs> this is enlightenment. I guess I'm enlightened. Who cares whether I'm enlightened or not? You know, this is what I know. This is what I've experienced in my life. Right. I didn't go to a college and study this stuff. I was hit with cancer. I was given a death sentence. I crawled out and this is how I do it. And this is how I continue to do it so that I don't get sick and so that I don't get stressed. And I have enough money to live and, you know, I'm okay. So I teach from experience. I'm a very practical coach. I don't get into the woo woo things much. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. I guess this. Hmm? So, yeah, uh, this is probably what it would look like for many people when they are on the path and they are on the search to find out who they are and what their purpose is. And maybe there's an answer hidden in an old saying that uh, find something you love to do
sleep and you need to rest. It's really important for the immune system. You also may be caused feeling very tired because you're very stressed, which is emotional or mental. And so there's different ways of different tools. Some of the tools are walking, exercising, um, eating clean food, being around positive people, learning just to be, um, uh, treating yourself well, being kind to yourself. Journaling is a really big one. And to realize that you don't have to fix anything because you may be crazy this minute, but I can guarantee you in 20 minutes, you're not going to be that that's already gone. Our conversation right now is already gone. So, and then people have fear, which is false evidence appearing real. So now you're worried about something that's coming up. You have no idea what that's about. You're worried about the past. So you have no room to just be, but if you tell the past and you tell the future, chill out, I'll be with you in a moment, please have a seat. Then you're, you're where you want to be. You know, here's an interesting thing. You could be on the telephone uh, yelling at somebody, you know, or, or uh, rather be in a room yelling at somebody, being very angry. And then the phone rings and you pick it up and it's a friend you haven't heard from in years. And you're so happy to hear from them. Yep. Suddenly you don't want to kill the person in the room anymore. What happened? That's well, right. there, was a, there was a mind shift. You didn't really want to kill the person. And maybe you were a little angry at them, but you know, that's what people do with each other a lot of times. Mm-hmm. But things can change. Mm-hmm. So don't try not to get attached to too much all at once. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, what about what about meditation in in the midst of all that? Well, I do dulcy meditation. So what that is for me is I play the dulcimer very simply. And then I ask myself, what do I need to know? I have never enjoyed straight meditation because my mind wanders and I don't want to go ohm or, or do anything like that. <laughs> but the dulcimer, when I play the dulcimer, it's like a, a toy over a child's crib. You know, when the kid is crying, you wind up the toy and it plays and then the kid stops crying because he's his mind is now focused on this music or this little toy. Well, that's what we do with dulcimer meditation. Your mind is now listening to the music you're playing on the dulcimer because you don't read music when you play the dulcimer. It's just very, very easy. And that gives your mind something to do. And then you can listen to your inner voice and ask, what do I need to know? What do you know? I I had a woman who was a dulcimer player who came to me uh, for a coaching session and she was having a lot of trouble with her son. And I had her do the dulcy meditation and I asked her to say, what did you hear? And she said, I need to stop pushing him. Mm. All I do is push him. I need to just stop. Yep. And it was like that. You yeah. know? Well, the, well, the way yeah. that she That's the kind that. of meditation I do. <clears throat> Lovely. So I have a question. Um, there's, there's a beginning point and then the end point is let's say whatever crisis so for for you it was finding out you had melanoma right so anywhere back here like where it was kind of beginning behind the scenes did you ever have a thought you know that you would end up i know you had a premonition but did you ever have a moment of clarity where you thought wow you know if i changed something you know, I'm, I might not go where that premonition is saying. 
Yeah, yeah because my, my father always told me, he said, you're too stressed. Stress yeah. isn't good. He would say that over and over and over again. But I was addicted to stress. Yes. I was addicted to pain. Absolutely. I didn't have stress and I didn't have a career. And if I didn't have a this and I didn't have a that, you know, I, I was never happy just being. Right. So I was told the universe sent me messages I wasn't listening. And then one day I walked into my apartment after I closed a retail store, which almost bankrupted me. And I said, what do you really want? And yeah. what came out of my mouth is to be spiritually enlightened. Mm. And then everything began to open up. That's when I had the premonition about the cancer. Uh -huh. But I also had a premonition I would end up as a, some sort of an interesting spiritual teacher. Mm -hmm. So that's where I'm kind of at now. Although I don't seem much like a spiritual teacher to me, you know, I'm not, I'm not, you know, so I have a puppet who does that for That's me. That's good. But you know what, <laughs> right, right now, there are so many uniquely authentic people that are helping people spiritually. You know, there's no more, to me, I think there's no more traditional what a what a spiritual person should look like, you know, mm -hmm. and I love that we get the freedom to fully be ourselves and then share that spirituality from her, from our authenticity, you know, because that's what you're teaching them too, right? To be authentic. Yes. Yeah. 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 And I, I got another thought and that is that these, these days there's, it's tricky times out there and people have a lot of stress and Let's say that you're in your 40s and your 50s or whatever the age is, because there is a term is called the midlife crisis. Mm -hmm. There are people that go out and do things that is totally out of character because they just can't. They just blow up. They burn out or they just want something different in life. That midlife life crisis, if you don't manage it, it can really destroy your life. What do you suggest someone could do if they feel like I'm not happy in life, I'm not happy with what I've done, I, my life sucks, I want something different, and then they, how can they manage a situation that so they can come out on the other side in a good way? The first thing is to realize that when you believe your negative thoughts, you suffer. So Byron Katie does a lot of work with that. Yeah. Um, secondly, if you are nurturing who you authentically are along the way, there is no midlife crisis. There's just a lot of little ones and mm -hmm. you just ride the bump with them. Mm -hmm. um, a lot of people who have major midlife crises have just, it's like a volcano blowing. They've just gone the, on the opposite route of what their gut and their instinct is telling them to make the daily nut and the 401k and all those things. And they just can't take it anymore. And they become ill or they, they, you know, they blow up or they, you know, but you have to be constantly in awareness of what's going on. You need to communicate that to yourself and to your partner. Uh, or, you know, if you're married or whatever, uh, it's, it's a daily, uh, you know, job. I call it retuning. You know, when you play a musical instrument, you can tune it 
in the morning, but by the afternoon, because of the temperature changes, it goes slightly out of tune. If you just let it go by the night, it's further out of tune. And if you don't tune it for a couple of weeks or you put it in the guitar case and you take it out four months down the road, it's way out of tune. It's harder to get back into tune. But if you pick it up just three times a day, just for five minutes, and just adjust the tuning, everything is in tune or relatively in tune. So I, my clients and I know how to say something is off is out of tune so let me just do a quick evaluation a little scan and say what's what's going on that's so good and then if you do it if that's your tool and you do it three times a day you're going to be on you're going to be replacing the old habitual way of thinking with this new this new um I don't want to call it a method, this new way of being. So you actually can shift that out of your life by, by practicing. Yeah. Yeah. You, you know, it's just about awareness and, and um, not taking everything so seriously. How do, how do you, can you speak to that? Because it seems to me like there's a whole lot of people taking a whole lot of stuff very seriously right now. And me, my answer is I just stay in my bubble and I avoid people like that. But for the people who are getting, you know, angst up and they don't want to, you know, but they don't know that they're going into the anger or the angst until they're there. How would you help them? Well, let's take something practical. I had to go to the DMV, which is, you know, the place you get your driver's license stuff today to change an address. Oh, yeah. Joy of life. Yeah, right. So that's like hell on wheels. And I walked in and the first thing that comes up is my ego saying, I, I'm not, I can't be here for two or three hours doing this. This is insanity. But then I think to myself, you're here to accomplish one thing, and that is you need to change your dress. So you have a cell phone, you have the internet, you can amuse yourself. And it flew by. Um, so I, I, I do things only when I need to do them and only do things that I kind of want to do or if I have to do it, I, I, I do it. But I don't, I can choose to take something like that very seriously. Mm. You know, uh, the news, you know, all the political stuff and all the wars and stuff like that. There's yeah. nothing I can do about that except vote. That's right. So um, I don't watch a lot of that. I look at the headlines. You know, I tend to watch near-death experiences because those things are more amusing to me. Mm -hmm. um, so I just kind of pick and choose, you know, what I want to do. And um, I don't have a lot of friends either. I'm very content with two or three friends. Mm -hmm. I don't party. I'm not. A, I'm kind of a recluse. Happily, mm -hmm. I hang out with my dog a lot. Mm -hmm. Your dog is very cute. Dogs are good people. Yes, he's my little angel. Yeah. I got another question for you that I uh, think could relate to a lot of people, and that is that we can feel the raising of consciousness across the board everywhere right now. 2,000 years ago was governmentalism, and 1,000 years from uh, ago, there was religion was the law. Now, we can see that both science, spirituality, and religion are raising their awareness of thinking in many 
areas that they were not used to thinking about before. Mm -hmm. Can you see both science, spirituality, and religion living under the same roof someday shortly? Well, it's all an illusion. It's all a dream. So yeah. uh, it, it, what reality is it living under? You know, um, it, it depends where you're living and how you're looking at it. Uh, yeah. Do you think the consciousness is becoming bigger and people are becoming more aware because they realize that other things aren't working? And there mm -hmm. are, uh, so I, I think, I kind of like what Nori says in the sense of staying in your own kind of bubble, but the bubble should be something that works for you. Mm -hmm. You yeah, know? absolutely. absolutely. So, like I can address, uh, I can teach, I, I have coaching clients who are Buddhists, Christians, Jews, atheists, and I can take them all to the same place. I don't really care what they believe. I mean, it's not that I don't care, but it's, I can work with everybody on that because the ultimate answer yeah. is always the same. Yeah. Yeah. But before they come to you, they have to want to. And uh, the reason I asked that last question was because I have a friend here in Tucson. She is a fanatical Christian. If it isn't in the Bible, it doesn't exist. Mm -hmm. And I can see a little bit of a crack in the armor. She's coming around to some of the thing because maybe being around some of us. But there is even a raising of consciousness slightly within that camp even now yeah yeah i mean people come around to wherever they need to be at in their own time mm -hmm. um, you know it took me a really long time to get to where i'm at and you know i don't know uh, you know where i'm actually even at i don't really care it doesn't matter <laughs> i don't care about being enlightened you know i just is this working? Am I doing what I feel is 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 the right thing? You know, I, I had a, I, a a very strict uh, Christian woman come to me once as a client, and she asked what my thoughts were on Jesus, and I said, well, I thought he was a really cool mystical Jewish hippie. And <laughs> she she didn't quite know what to make of that, and she said, well, you know, have you read the Bible? And, da, 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 and what do you yeah. think of it? And I said, comes down to two things: be still and know that I am God. Uh, you know, basically, and uh, I am. It says in the Bible, I am. Or I am, absolutely. Yeah, I am. So that's what I think of, you know, and Buddha said the same thing, and all these people. Um, yeah. She, she did have an interesting point when, when at one point she said, well, that she wasn't, she wasn't happy in her life and she wasn't good enough and she didn't feel this and she didn't feel that. And I said, well, if you really believe in Jesus Christ, do you, you believe he lives in you? And she said, well, yes, of course. And I said, well, then, if Jesus is really in you, how imperfect could you possibly be? Mm. And that's when, you know, the, the jaws drop and they go, I yeah. never thought of that because they don't hear that in church. Right. You know, it's like the George yeah. Carlin a routine where he says, you know, that he's going to, God's going to send you to all these things. If you don't do certain religious things, you're going to burn in hell. Or you're going to, but he loves you, you know? So, uh, my concept of consciousness in God is something that I, uh, to me, works for me and learn and learns. But there's no reason to suffer through religion because religion is dogma. But there's beautiful parts of religion. Yes. Like yes. Uh, Muslims, the Quran is beautiful. It's not about war. You know, it's, it's Sufism is beautiful. 
The Jewish religion is beautiful. Jesus, I mean, you know, I would love to have the two people I'd love to have lunch with, Joni Mitchell and Jesus Christ. You know, they're Buddha. I mean, you know, what a blast. So, you know, it's okay. Yeah, absolutely. And the hey, the Jews aren't that dumb. They have figured it out that hell does not exist. They don't believe in it. So that's a good thing. It's a good thing, yeah. There's a there's a part in the where the puppet asks me, uh, I asked the puppet if he's ever met Jesus since he's three million years old. And he says, Oh yeah, I knew Jesus, you know, he's a good guy. And I said, did he really turn water into wine? And he said, oh, yeah. He said, I was there when he did it. But he wasn't a good businessman because we could have made a lot of money on that. I was trying to talk him into it. And he said, no, 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 I got I got to have certain miracles in my pocket. You know, yeah. so I, I, I kind of joke about, you know, all kinds of things like that to keep it light for people. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and if if people are totally buried in the Bible, there's there's two places that can. Well, in John's it says right there, "Ye are gods," mm -hmm. and in Psalms it says, um, "Kingdom of heaven is within you, not above yeah. you, but yeah. it's within you." Yeah. So, but you know, people go. Uh, there's lots of paths to the mountaintop. So. Um... You know, mm -hmm. I, I don't approve or disapprove of any anyone's path, you know, and uh, I just, you know, even if I don't believe in what they believe in, there's a middle ground there for sure. Because ultimately, we want to be happy. Yeah. Right. Absolutely. So tell us about your book and uh, where people can get it. Please. Well, if you go to my website, kevinroth.org, uh, you'll see the book. It's also on Amazon. Let me see. I have, I have it. This is what it looks like between the notes. Right. Um, it's called uh, "Practical Ways to Find Your Inner Groove and Dance to a Beat That Makes Your Heart Sing." Nice. So I talk about um, changing your attitude, exploring life's options, creating a roadmap that takes you a life that's practical, fun, and works. I, there's eleven powerful questions in here, and daily tools that help you keep in balance emotional mental physical and spiritual i talk about my career but what's i think cool about this book is at the end of each chapter there's a song mm. that i've written and there's an accompanying cd or you can download it on amazon that goes with this so there's an also an audio book uh that doesn't have the music but you can buy a lot of people love the album that accompanies the book i bet i bet and is your music anywhere else like on spotify yeah. or yeah it's all those places itunes yeah. spotify it's all over the place great that's great there's adult music and then there's children's music because i had two sort of careers that way that's so that's so great mm. does anybody have any questions for our brilliant guest kenneth let's <laughs> see but i got one <laughs> <laughs> I'm so full of questions that I. You well, are tonight. Yeah, but well, there again, there's another saying, and that is, it doesn't matter what the question is, the answer is love. Mm. Now, what I was going to ask. You see how is, Augie does his Walter Cronkite thing right after that. <laughs> no, it, no. The answer is love. <laughs> no, no, no. Uh, um. What was I going to say? Oh, yeah. <laughs> a lot of people, you know, we have 
we are through the internet, we're on overload with information. And our mind is going 90 miles an hour. Mine was doing 400 miles an hour because remember, I was a pilot. So, yeah. you know, we are thinking all the time, but what are some of the tools that you suggest? Let's for, for people, especially that is not playing the music, what could they do to slow down the mind, get down into the alpha thinking, and go within? What would be your favorite tools for people like that? Slow down. Well, walking in nature helps a lot. Uh, just sitting with a cup of tea, turning your cell phone off and your computer off, even for five minutes and just listening. Um, one tool that uh, is very important is to stop and to ask yourself, how you doing? How you doing, Kevin? Or how you doing, Augie? Or how you doing, Nor? You know, how, how are you doing? Well, I'm feeling whatever it is, you know, or I'm, I'm feeling like I need a nap. Okay, so take a nap. Or I feel like I'm, I'm hungry, but I'm not really hungry. So Am I I'm, hungry? Am I hungry? Yeah, yeah. yeah. So what's, what are you stressed about? And then, you know, once you expose it, you know, yes, the light can't, you know, the darkness can't live in light. So that's right. That's right. And, you know, I think it's really important um, for the kind of work because you're, it's so heavily spiritual. I think it's really important for people to work with a coach because the kind of work yeah. that you're doing is you're like starting in the middle of the lotus and opening the flowers instead of waiting for the flowers to open to get in the middle. And when you're, you know, in the middle of your world that you're going to be recreating, it's really scary because all of that stuff that you're letting go, you know, is going to carry some grief. And, you know, there's a lot of processes you have to work through right on your way out as you are rebuilding your new life or the new version of you. So I think it's so important to have a coach, you know, to like do a quick text to if you're, I mean, some of the stuff is a little hurtful, you know, painful. And it'd be nice to just text your coach and go, you know, I'm having a meltdown in the cucumber aisle. You know, <laughs> <laughs> you know just get, you know, that one little bit of wisdom from your coach that, carries you through i think that's wonderful yeah it's, it's important that you have the right coach exactly so that's why and i i'll mean it's just a good time to mention this that if anyone wants to contact me to to see if they want to work with me we get to know each other during that session and then we both decide is this the right fit now if they contact me and they say that they heard me on this uh podcast you know cosmic uh conversations you know they get a free uh um, 45 minute session with me but you have to pick the right coach because I've tried a few coaches for different things and um, they're not all good no you know? they're yeah. not right. they're not yeah they're not and and it's so interesting because sometimes I'm in a I'm in a drought and I'm because I'm a coach too but I'm in a drought and I'm like craving a coach you know I'm, come on can you please bring me the teacher and every single time that I've seen my teacher I've immediately known that I'm, I'm going to be working with that person. You know, I mean, you see all the people on Facebook and stuff like that, and none of that appeals to you. But when you connect with that person, you go, oh, that's that's my person. That's when you know it's going to be a great relationship. And, you know, in, in that relationship, that's where you do all the creating from. It's 
it's so special, so beautiful. Yeah, you'll feel a good connection. Yeah. And follow and up sure, on I, that. I'm sure, okay. Kevin, that, that you 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 draw a certain type of people, right? Because I know I draw a certain type of people because of my personality. Do you notice? Well, yeah, I've had all kinds. I've had coaches come to me. I've had um, people in the ministry who've lost oh. their faith in God, interestingly enough. I've had doctors. I've had housewives. But I think the reason people like what I do is because I can deal with uh, a serious questions or life changes like the loss of a husband or midlife crisis or an Ill or something like that. And I always lighten it with humor. So every single session they come on, because I do it over Zoom, they come on Zoom with a certain face. And by the end of the session, it just looks like they've just been relieved and like they've yeah. just gotten up off a massage table. So, um, Evan, that's such a beautiful gift that you have with, uh, with your puppet. I think that's brilliant. I think that's <laughs> brilliant. Dulcy Bubba? Yeah. You yeah. know, the Dulcie stands for the dulcimer. Did you catch that? A lot of people don't catch that. Oh, mm -hmm. Cindy caught it. Guru Dulcie Baba. Yeah. That's He's funny. Amazing. Yeah. Crack I was cracking well, myself when I was doing some of the shows. Beautiful. Yeah, Are you know. eventually going to sell the, the Guru puppet? Well, the guru, you know, at the end of each session, if I, when I ask, how can I repay you? A master says, you know, 50 bucks in a pack of smokes. So <laughs> <laughs> I don't, I don't know. Uh, but I, my gut, mm -hmm. he's going to be yeah. a pretty big hit on something like Instagram. Cause these, these things I'm doing are very short. Nice. They're not long and evolved. Um, Perfect. They, they get to the point, but they poke fun at things, but they get to the point, like don't step in it. Right. Yeah. You know, that's or, great. You know. I love that tool. I'm going to remember that. Yeah, <laughs> I'm going to import that term because that Don't one is good. <laughs> Maybe next time we'll do, we'll, I'll ask uh, the uh, the guru, Dulcie Baba, to be your guest. Oh, yeah. yes, please. Let's do that. Mm -hmm. <laughs> that would be fun. That would be fun. Well, we've come to the end of the hour, and I'm so grateful, Kevin. It was so great sharing time and space and conversation with you and it's so good to see the live the live audience that is here with us you know did you guys know that you could even come be here with us on zoom it's it's very nice to see faces and get feedback so thank you for being here augie thank you for joining me tonight you're um, so welcome it was you, fun you know it's it's nine o'clock in the east coast time and I I probably needed you a couple of weeks ago, Kevin. I was having a birthday crisis, and and you know I'm no you know closer to seventy than I am to sixty. Nine o'clock is like a midnight for me. So I called Augie and I'm like, "Hey, can you co-host with me in case in case I fall out or something?" So thank you for well, being you, here, Augie. You call me. We'll do a coaching sessions. But I'll, I'll leave you with this thought. Someone said to me. I, I asked them how old they were. And she said, I'm 70 years young. And I said, don't say that because you've earned every single one of those years. You're 70 years old. And with old is like wine, you know, wisdom. So I'm 66 and yeah. I'm happier now than I was when I was 20, 30 or 40, you know? Yeah, you're in good shape. I, I... Funny you should use the word 70. This was my 70th birthday year. Oh, oh yeah. Uh, December. Well, wow. 70 is good. 70 yeah. is the new 40, right? 
They keep yep. saying that. Okay. I That's say what... yeah. Seventy-eight going on hundred and twenty. And you and if you really believe all the spiritual stuff, you never die anyway. So what's the difference? Exactly. It's, but I'll stay in the body. And I feel like in because I'll make it twenty sixty five, and this stuff will be settled out a little bit. Yeah. Nice. See, and I knew that when I was ten years old. Wow, you had a plan. Yeah, yeah. but uh, I really appreciate your perspective on money. It's always an imagination. Yeah. It's never real. And it's always your spiritual purpose in life is where your wealth is every time. Mm -hmm. And that, so I'm just so glad to hear it more and more and more. So I appreciate your conversation. Thank you, Julia. Thank you. All right, everybody. Until next week, um, I'm going to be covering for Sheila for the next few shows um come back and support me because this is still treading new territory and uh did a good uh, job thanks i hope to see you next week thanks oh, yeah all three of you did thank you take Great care conversation. thank you thank thanks. you all right bye-bye bye-bye bye Hmm. I just got to push leave, I guess. Uh, yeah. I think. I got it. There we go. I think we're off the air. Where's Mac? Is Mac gone? Uh, I'm not too sure. We're still streaming, so... Are we still streaming? Yeah, it looks like it. Are you kidding? So Mac for... So for... Yep, it says we are being live streamed, so we are live streaming. So we well, we are... better talk about something. Yeah, we are. Gosh. Yeah. Actually, I think since Mac has left, um, I think I can end the show. So you guys got so. to see see us in the green room back here, not knowing that the show hasn't ended. But thank yeah. you again for being with us, and we hope to see you next week. Take care. We will see you again.